I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. What's happening, people, and welcome to this week's It's All Black Academic podcast with myself, your host, Jordan Jarrett Bryan. Now, this week on the pod, um, I'm sad to say I am alone. Um, my regular um, partner in crime, my co-host and producer of the show, Alex Reed, he actually isn't with us today. He is a very busy boy and he was unable to join me for this recording. Um, which is really unfortunate because there were so many things I wanted to uh, discuss with him, um, just kind of chewing over the fact of this week's news and what's been happening in pop culture. You had the Oscars and you had some stuff in sports with the Chelsea keeper refusing to come off in the Carabao Cup final. Um, you had so many other things in politics and a couple of music things I wanted to go through as well. Um, but I'm a lot less interesting on my own, so I will spare you um, having to hear me ramble on about any of those things. Um, I mean, I said less interesting on my own. Some may think that I'm... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uninteresting, even with a partner in crime, but um, hey-ho. Um, so yeah, I won't go through those, but Alex will be back next week, no doubt. Um, but we do have a, a really good uh, show um, this week is for on It's All Black Academic. Before I talk about that, 
just another reminder for you guys out there that haven't already subscribed to the Acast podcast. Please do so. Tell a friend, spread the word, share it, tweet it. We're on Acast. Download the app and then find us. It's all Black Academy. Just search us and then subscribe. Um, Obviously, the podcast is uh, for those who... Uh, you know, are more podcast friendly and don't really have the time to sit down and watch the actual show that's on our YouTube channel. So spread the word. It's all Blackademic on Acast. Um, this week's show was a great one. We had a really interesting debate around black people and business. And we had a discussion about whether the wealthiest and most influential and most successful black people in business in this country, if they have a responsibility almost to help those coming through and support those uh you know in in many kind of ways i suppose but in particular financially if you are a millionaire or billionaire is there responsibility on those those black people to help others and give them a chance and you know give them grants and give them that financial boost to kind of really uh get their business going or is that nonsense and you know should you be looking to build yourself up and is there is a responsibility solely on you as someone that's got a great idea for a business or great idea for a product you have to find a way to to make it successful and monetize it and relying or waiting or expecting a financial handout from those who can afford it um that's just not the way to go um it was really good debate so i hope you really enjoy it um, we had a great panel um and hope you enjoy What's happening, people? And welcome to this week's episode of It's All Black Academic with your host, myself, Jordan Jarrett Bryan. And this week on the show, I want to have a discussion about black business leaders and whether the black community can do more to support each other and whether it is or it isn't. Um, before we get into our panel and our debate, I want to do a shout out for all of our socials. I know you're all on Facebook, so don't front. So go and find us on Facebook. Go and follow our page. We're on Instagram and on Twitter as well. And obviously, you're on our channel now. So subscribe. The button is just below us just click it click it do it now click it now there you go um right so i'm joined this week on the show by freelance business manager aziza francis i have paul atote here businessman who runs start tech and also leon olstrong director solaris 2 how are we doing guys everybody good very well yeah thanks for coming on the show this week guys right so you've all either ran or been heavily involved in business in some form and i want to find out i'll start with you aziza whether you feel like the black community does a very, very good job of supporting each other when it comes to business. Uh, I feel the black community are very good at supporting you when you start a business in terms of accessing your services or buying from you. But I feel like in terms of the leaders in business in the black community, sometimes you don't know who the most successful people are or they may not be so accessible. So it's very hard to get the guidance that you may need to sustain whatever it is you're doing where you're at. But in terms of the community supporting you when you start, I think they can be very supportive. Do you agree, Paul? Do you agree that the the wealthiest black leaders and black business owners within our community do do, as as Isa says, a good job of giving that first hand to people that are coming through? I think it's a mixture. So there's some people who've made quite a name for themselves, but our access, especially when you're starting, might not be as like, forthcoming or as direct as it should be. So a lot of people do well, but actually going back to start pulling people up or kind of providing that knowledge. Because I believe, you know, each one teach one, you know, but that actual knowledge for me starting out 
I don't think it was as accessible as it should have been. So when you started up your business, mm. did you did you a reach out to to black philanthropists, business leaders, and and wealthy corporations that, that who were black, mm. or did you just decide to do it your own way, off your own back and your own money? Did you, did you reach out when you started? A mixture up? of both. I think I believe you know it's better to start the train and then you know reach out and get the guidance. So I, I got the train, got it running. And then, you know, I, I met people, I reached out to people on LinkedIn and different platforms. Mm. And I've had people, you know, kind of reach back to me and been very helpful as well. So it's, I guess there's both sides of the coin there. Okay. Uh, Leon, I'm not sure I personally agree. I, I don't feel that the wealthiest black people in our community who have businesses and opportunities to give a handout to, to, to startups and people coming through do do as good a job as they could and in my opinion should do. What's your experience of when you started up your company and when you entered the, the, the business world? I think I'm, I'm with you because um, in terms of my actual business, I've kind of of the opinion, you know, I do as much as I can mm -hmm. on my own before I ask for help. You know, once I've exhausted my capabilities, mm. then I'll, I'll go and ask for help. But in terms of uh, my filmmaking, when I've tried to reach out to get, you know, funding or, you know, some kind of branding to help me, then it hasn't been so forthcoming. But I don't know, I won't be so quick to brand everyone. Mm. But in as, uh, like Paul said, it's not been as forthcoming. So may maybe there, there are people out there successful, made a lot of money, and mm. they don't make it known what they're doing to help others. But I would argue, why would you not make it known? Because I think our community in particular, there's a need for us to be helping one another. So, you know, if, if you are helping people and kind of keeping it covert, you need to make it more overt because mm. we, we really need to be there for each other because it seems there's <laughs> no one else is, you know. Mm. Uh, Aziza, you were saying at the start there that you feel that generally we do do a good job of giving a handout and a, and a bringing for those for those that maybe need it. You've your person I know has done a lot of work here as well as in the states. Mm -hmm. Do we do as well as Black Americans do in terms of that proliferation of of money and opportunity to to its own community? Uh, I feel it's very different here. So when when you asked like, do the wealthy Black people in business help? people starting up in business in the UK. When I'm speaking, I'm speaking of an experience where it's like, if you know who they are and you reach out to them, there's a potential that they could help you. Have they helped me? No, they haven't. Do black people access my services and buy into what I'm selling? Yes, they do. So in terms of the community and the people that you know, supporting you and investing in you, yes. In terms of the leaders mm. in the UK in business that are extremely successful, I don't even know who everybody, like, who are they? Mm -hmm. Like, when we're celebrating black success in England, I feel like we ce celebrate people who are mediocre. I'm just going to put it out there. Mm. In America, when you meet a successful business person, they are millionaires. They are billionaires. They are making moves. Mm -hmm. Whether they will support you and put you on, I don't know, but... From my personal experience, they welcome you in the room to have the conversation. They give you advice. They motivate you. Like, everybody's trying to get to the bag. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, mm -hmm. everybody's trying to get to the bag. Because it's so common and it's so normal to be black and successful, it's not like we're coming together as black people to do something. This is what I do. This is what you do. And what do you do? What can you bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Being black is not like the main focus of conversation in business. It's more about talent and drive and motivation that's the kind of energy that i've experienced mm -hmm. um 
I would say a lot of people in America that are black know somebody who's rich or know somebody who knows somebody who's rich or who knows somebody who knows somebody who's in business or su successful. So to have that dialogue, that conversation um, is very easy. Deal. It's not yeah. a big deal. A lot of my family members own businesses. They motivate me. Mm. They inspire me more than the people that we're told to look at and, and, and aspire to. You can't be successful in business in America without having money. In London, you can win a business award and you didn't even turn over 50K this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very different um, culture. You know what I'd say? But I think, you know, um, no, you're right about talent and drive and motivation. But I think that those, those of us that have succeeded, is it's harder for people in our community to have, we've got, we've got an abundance of talent. But because of the, the daily battles that we have to face that other communities don't, that drive and motivation can be crushed. So mm -hmm. I, I would argue that, you know, that those of us that are successful have a certain resilience and, you know, the, these people are the, the anomalies, mm -hmm. the, the, the strong amongst us. Make yourself known and come and help people, you know, to develop I, resistance to get the drive and motivation. Though, like, I, I find like in, in the UK, can somebody tell me an area, a location or a neighborhood where all the rich, rich black rich. people live? Mm. There is no community of successful, wealthy black people living. When black people get money in London, they step away from their own people. Or you can, you can be in a business situation and there's all white people in the room and there's another black person in the room. Do you think they're trying to say hello to you? No. They want to be the only black person in the room. They act like they don't even know you. They so can't so even see you. there's a resistance, you, you think? Yeah. From maybe on a subconscious level. Like, they don't even know they're doing it. That's their behavior. In America, if you walk into an all-white environment and you see another black woman, she's like, hey, sis, you good? Because we're about to survive tonight. Mm -hmm. They don't do that in London. Yeah, well, well, so I, know, I know that kind of behavior, but also I would ignore those people because, you know, I but don't behave a, that way and I'm sure you guys don't behave that way behavior pattern experience that I've had in England. I've been in the business arena from the age of 15. I'm 33. That's a common experience that I've had here throughout my experience. So it's a culture of, thing. In this yeah. country, we don't acknowledge... When you get to a certain level, you don't embrace each other. Like, I don't, I don't experience it. I don't see it. If you're in an all-white dominated situation that's to do with business and money, often the black person in the room is not trying to know you. No, no, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't disagree with that, but, or, or with any of your experiences, but isn't, don't we almost have like, uh, um, a duty or obligation that we could, we can change that and bring we, through we the next, next generation and we it. can foster a culture whereby we do support each other. We can change it when we acknowledge who the real black millionaires and billionaires are and we bring them into the room because I don't believe they're in the room. I believe a lot of the black businesses that we know of or successful people that we know of, are they really turning over numbers? The bottom line so is- So it's a numbers game. There's just yeah, not that many black billionaires No, what in the we country. call successful in London might not even be success, but we don't know. We, when you meet somebody in business, do you ask them how much money do you turn no, over in a year? We'd never ask that question. We never- Why? Because it's easy to be an entrepreneur. Everybody just registers a business, throws up a website and I'm a boss. I, my job, I'm a truth teller. So my clients come to me with their business ideas. They could have won awards. I'm like, how are you promoting yourself publicly to be the success? But then behind the scenes, this that. is a mess. I'm the person that comes and cleans up your business mess. You're messy. Your stuff looks messy. Who I was trained by white people. When I was young, trying to do business and trying to get ahead, no black person wanted to hear a 15-year-old girl talk about she wants to take over the world. It was a white man that put me on and said, you know what, Aziza, you think we can do this? I got you, let's do this. Mm -hmm. I had my own magazine company that I was running in my community with a white man. 
And me being 15 and him being 24, people are like, what's this kid running around with this man trying to do? So, so is that maybe the problem that maybe not, it's not so much a thing of the wealthiest black people in this country aren't saying, I like your idea, there's 30 grand to start it. They're not even given the, the teachings of how to, to, yeah. to, to, to kind of grow, grow that ladder. Is that maybe the bigger problem? Do we know who they are? Can, can, can anybody on this panel name me five black British billionaires? No, I'm struggling. <laughs> just, I just want to know. Oh, okay, let me Billion. make it easier. Billionaires. Okay, forget billionaires, millionaires. Name me five black British millionaires that we know. That is not their, their um, net worth, it's their actual cash. money. Mm. Their cash hard money. No. Five. No, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Not including celebs, huh? No celebs. It's just regular black people that are about this bread. I, I know, I know a few, you know but they're not, they're not, they're not, they're just people that I actually know. They're but not they're, people but, in the media. Yeah, but they don't have to be. That's the problem. We want people to be celebrities to be able to teach us how to get to the money. Mm. It's not the celebrities that are getting to the bag. It's their management teams behind them. It's their business managers that teach them how to get to the money. The people that you mentioned, they're the most important people. Mm. We need to know who they are. Your friends that you just think, ah, oh, they ain't nobody. I'm trying to go to dinner with them. I want to, I want to meet them. I wouldn't say they're my friends. But you know them. Yeah, you I know them. them. I know okay, them. Yeah. But, but again, they're, but they're, they're not, they're not forthcoming. They're, they're important, but, but they're not as forthcoming. As a community of people, we need to, we need to embrace them. So why are they not forthcoming? Why are these people who, who have money and I'm sure to some degree influence, why are they not forthcoming? I'll agree with you is that they move away not not just not necessarily just physically move away but you know it, mentally mm. they move away from the community and, and i think that again we're we're not we don't inherit wealth generally but then you come back to you know? the community when it's going all wrong because you want the community to invest in your next venture yeah they do they do do that but that's what i mean i, I feel like i feel like if you if you if you are um for the community the community will be for you but I think, I think, I think I'm not a, so sure. There's, I can't speak a, for them because I'm not one of them because yeah. I'm only speculating. But I, I suspect that, again, we don't inherit wealth. So once you get some wealth, you kind of think, well, I'm going to hold on well, to that. I want to I follow that point on with Paul. Do, do you feel there is an element of, because as black people, it is so hard to become a millionaire in this country. Once one makes it, it is that kind of, I've got to protect my thing and I can't really think about no one else. Do you know what it is? Community. I feel like sometimes if you open the floodgate, this is just me being... Like seeing it from the other side. If you open the floodgate, like, okay, I'm here to help people. People take help, you know, ever they don't actually use your advice. You know, like the first five people you give advice to or you give 10K to to start their business. If out of those five, one goes to Miami just to go on holiday with your money and they waste your time after that, you might just shut that mm -hmm. door. So you don't know with some of these people, like if you spend all your time helping people, what time do you have to run your company now? So I guess it's that balance to understanding that, you know, how do I differentiate myself to attract these particular people to be in a room with them too? Is that selfish? And if it is, is that necessarily a bad thing? Because you're thinking about your business, growing your business, as opposed to how can I help everyone and my community rise up with me? I don't feel like you can help everybody. I don't know. It's, it's, but if every wealthy black person helped one person, that's, that's I think that's all you need. One, I every, think it's a chain reaction. You mm. train one person, and the one person might train one person. They might train three people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you know something, you should teach it. And I feel like we all want to guard our cards towards our chest, and we want to just play it in secrets in order to further our lives. But sometimes I feel, is it? Can you truly be happy knowing that someone who's like you, you know, isn't? getting or being able to achieve what they wanted to mm -hmm. because you, they haven't got the information that you have. See, I find that attitude and I, I, I tend to agree quite dangerous because I look at other cultures as these are and they're not doing that. 
they're 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 helping their their cousins and their family members and their friends mm. and as a culture they're bringing each other up. Is is that sort of I've got to look after my things? I've got to protect what what I've already got. That's never, we're never going to progress. I agree, but I feel like before you put yourself out to teach you people, to. you need to <laughs> make yourself. mistakes. Yeah. You need to get it wrong, and then you need to build yourself back up, and you need to get it right. And you also need to be willing to take the risk on someone, mm -hmm. not everyone. Mm. I, I can honestly sit here today and say I can make anybody rich because I spent the whole last year focusing my energy on making somebody rich and I did it. Mm -hmm. I can't go and say, I know I've got this gift and skill and let me tell people I'm capable of this and give you some free workshops and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> in order to get the, the formula right, you mm. have to do some, some things in life in isolation. Now, can I go and help a whole community of people be rich? Absolutely. I can. And I run events for 15 to 20 people on a monthly basis and I give them the, the know-how. A lot of people don't want to work. They don't want to do the work. Yeah. When you say people, you mean black people? Yeah. People in general. Uh, people in general don't mm. want to do the work. <laughs> but I think sometimes when you have... When you never had to take a certain risk before, the risk can be very scary. So for people say like a lot of black people don't have wealth and generational wealth. Black people are wealthy. Mm -hmm. Black people are some of the richest people I've ever seen. When you go into a black household, you will see Gucci, Louis, Balenciaga, flat screen TV. It's all aesthetic. It's all aesthetic, but mm -hmm. it costs money. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, if, if they change that, if, if, if we, if we said, okay, let's get a whole black community to practice minimalism for a year. Do you know how rich everybody would be if it's, they were to become minimalists? It's not going to happen. It's not going no. to happen, but I'm just giving you yeah. an example of the different ways we can teach our people mm. to, to become wealthy. It's not always about this big mogul coming along and it's Help mindset. The it, it's, it's the mindset of, mm. of our people. If we keep saying we don't have wealth, then we will never have wealth. Mm. We need to change our language because we do have wealth. There are many black people that are, are wealthy. They're just hiding out hanging out and sticking together. And I can say sometimes I feel like I don't want to be around nobody. I just want to chill. My family mm. are extremely wealthy. And my family come here to, to England all the time. And where will you find them at? Bloody fish fry. They're Jamaicans mm. playing Ludo. They're just regular, normal people, you know? The wealth. So is it is it more about the individual taking responsibility on their mindset and how they bring themselves? Have I spun this wrong? As a, you know, it's, no, it's less think... about those with wealth helping others it's more about you got you having the mindset of i want to be wealthy i'm prepared to put the work in and if, if a bringing comes along the way great but this is about me i've got to deliver no because i i think that again it goes back to not all of us are strong enough to do that and we can't we can't say because some of us are that everyone else should be and mm -hmm. again because we do face daily struggles like i used to work as a teacher mm -hmm. and you do say there, there is a completely different way that the black children are treated and labeled and you've got to be incredibly strong to overcome that so some of us are strong enough to overcome that. So I would argue the ones who are strong enough, and, you know, exceptionally strong and become the successful business people need to put systems in place where you don't necessarily have to be mentoring all of this, but you can create structures that help people and systems that help people. And also it's not about, I don't think you have to teach the whole community. So there's this, I might get this saying wrong, but it's something like if you have a, um, a herd of sheep led by a lion, all the sheep will behave like lions. If you have a herd of um, a pride of lions led by a sheep, all the lions will behave like a sheep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if we can, if if these rich people can help to create a, a number of leaders, a number of lions to lead the rest of the sheep, then we'll have more people behaving like lions, and we'll all all rise, we'll rise up. I, yeah. I, I feel like one of the things that we do wrong as black people is we look at business as black, mm. like. 
I just think when when you're in that mindset of wanting to have a business, I don't even think black people should look at themselves as black business owners or mm. black business. I think when you start with that, that's like a negative narrative. I've only seen it in that way because, I, like I say, I see other cultures doing a really good job of the age, helping them. The Why would that be a negative age, the, Because already, we already feel like we have less. So if when we when we say, oh, black people have less or black people in business, when you think of black business, what are the top five things you think of black people do in business? It's yeah. negative. Oh, it's it's, like in terms yeah, of the so experience, yeah, yeah, can yeah. they be trusted? Yeah, can yeah. They? So if you're going in with that energy surrounded by whatever it is you're going to do, then you're going to have to overcome those barriers Before that you, you put in zero, place. Yeah. 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 So up, it's up, just up like... Well, on that point, it's something that kind of came to mind when I was planning this debate. Is the is is the lack of trust or the perceived lack of trust we have amongst each other a possible reason why we can't work together and bring each other? Do we not? We don't quite feel like, you know, I mean, I can I can trust that person because because they're black mm. and that mindset, as, as he says, is 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 a minus before you even start. Mm. I think I, I feel like that too. You know, in my in my company, I've done both. Right. So when I first started, it was a faceless company completely faceless i put the brand out there and people were contacting contacting and it's like you don't know who's behind it so it still leaves that air of you know i don't know if it's a black company it's a white company because the quality is so high mm. and then for a bit i thought you know what let me put my face on the website big old smile and to see the differences of what happens and i think when that happens it's you attract a different kind of people unfortunately it's like whether it's over familiarity sometimes or whether it's, uh, if it's a black business, it's, it's a bit cheap because my product is a, it's a more of a high end mm -hmm. product in a sense where we provide amazing branding for companies and you pay amazing premium for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking to people, it's like, Oh, you're a black company. You shouldn't really be charging that or you shouldn't really be doing that. Mm -hmm. And it, it's sometimes you, you, it's like an uphill struggle in order to establish myself as a trustworthy individual before I can actually get you to understand the kind of things that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that I'm just thinking about now. You know, I'm not a person to complain about things. You know, it is what it is. I have to figure out how to kind of work around oh, it. Come, yeah. But like in hindsight, I've noticed that as, um, as something, if you okay. were me. Um, just finally, guys, mm. I want to talk just briefly about young black people. Mm. Are they doing a really good job of helping and supporting each other? Maybe not so much financially, but I, I definitely see a movement amongst young people, particularly online, of supporting each other's businesses and movements. And uh, are they almost a new generation of black leaders, potentially? Yeah. Are they getting it right? I think they're getting it so right. I love the way young black people in the UK particularly move in business. Um, people are not afraid to collaborate. They're not afraid to work together. Um, the energy is nice. Like I've seen it, I've experienced it. And it's very different to what it was like for me coming up. When I was coming up, there were hardly any other black people really doing business Trying business. Do um, just seeing them in terms of the technology, like everything's very much about visuals now. So there's a lot of black people that can do graphics, filming, mm. editing, and they're just coming together, making their little teams, doing their thing. I think it's amazing. Do you agree? Do you think the young, younger generation have kind of got it right in terms of cracking that code, I suppose, of becoming successful businessmen and women and then goes to that next level of becoming then wealthy businessmen men and women? Yeah, I believe, I believe so. I see like less fear, you know, less fear to collaborate, mm -hmm. less fear to actually, uh, I'm seeing people quitting jobs and chasing their passion. And I, I commend that and I respect that, you know, that ability to put yourself in situations you're not comfortable with and take that chance. I think that's dope. You agree? What do you want the young people that are working together? No, I agree. I think, I think 
uh, it seems like the young the younger generation seem to have a lot more pride in their their blackness you know mm. than previous generations. I also think there's less of a you know when I was younger there was quite a divide between you know Jamaican African and Caribbean, mm. and now I think that the the current youngsters are kind of the first true generation where they're black British. You know, so they're all, they're all the same. You can't distinguish from whose parents Nigerian, whose parents yeah. are from Jamaica. So they're, they're all one and the same now. Mm. Guys, that was great. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you for having us. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We are on Blackademic TV here. Subscribe. All of our socials as well, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Until next week, peace. So that was our debate for this week on black people and business. I, I really enjoyed hosting that and I hope that you enjoyed listening to that as well. Um, we're going to go into our overrated or underrated now where we had Devon who featured on uh, one of our shows a couple of weeks back. He uh, spoke to us about who or what he believed within the black community was overrated or underrated and trust me, it's a good one. Peace. What is it that you find either overrated, underrated, or a problematic fade within the culture at this moment in time? And explain your reasons why. And I'm really intrigued to hear your, to hear your perspective. My, my, main, my main one would probably be uh, the release of Nelson Mandela. As overrated? Overrated. Okay. And problematic. All right, okay. Go for it. Um, not a lot of people... My, a lot of people won't agree until they probably sift through the information themselves, but... Pre-apartheid, um, the the motivation of the people within that within that within that country was to eliminate racism, obviously. But the ultimate goal was the removal of uh, the white oppressors. That that was that was that was their their, their doctrine. That was what they needed to do. Um, with the imprisonment of Nelson Mandela, um, that obviously gave them a little bit more of a. Uh, motivation they got a lot more people jumping on board they got nations jumping on board because of that imprisonment he spent 20 what 27 years in prison yeah that's got to do something to someone so as he dwindled in terms of his his uh, his, his, his his prowess in terms of his his nationalistic views uh his his people outside like winnie they they were still within the same wheel his release um gave way to taking away from the movement that was initiated. So in, actual, in actuality, what happened is he almost became like a sleeper cell. Not, not, I'm not saying that it was done on purpose. He might have been done on purpose, but I don't have evidence for that. All I'm saying is that his release then stopped the motivation of most of the people. The, the doctrine that was to eliminate or removal of, of the white people in that nation was then changed to um, subservient living or, or living together, which has never worked, never will work, um, and, and has allowed for that nation to continue and trend in the same way that it pretty much did before. Um, all of the large major companies are still white owned. Uh, all of the wealth and property still there is white owned. Um, and none of the natural resources go to the people in which largely in him is um inhabit so so it was all of, it was a failure basically it was an out and out failure but we don't see it as a failure we see the spectacle we see the releasing of nelson mandela and the, the appointment of him as, as president and um, we don't look at the numbers and we don't look at the fact that racism is still pretty much almost exactly the same as it was then it's just been given a different sort of uh, name and and you know they've they've got a, a couple of black people in in the main senate and stuff but 
still driven the same way. So it's it's disappointing, but when I think about it, if we drew the curtains back and said, okay, let's not release Nelson Mandela, that country could have imploded. It could have. Um, and we could have had a real-time Uganda. Um, we could have had a real-time Zimbabwe. Um, actually, maybe not because South Africa's resources far outweigh those two countries, but the death toll would probably be bad. So I can't say I wanted people to die, but I could definitely say that the original doctrine was the removal of those people that were oppressing blacks, and that hasn't changed, and that's what I did want to change as a youngster. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.